Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roca. If you like this show, you are going to love The First Degree with Jack Vanek and Alexis Linkletter. The host of Lady Gang teams up with her best friend slash true crime TV producer to explore stories of the craziest crimes, cults, and conspiracies imaginable with renowned crime journalist Billy Jensen and talk to the once ordinary people who were one degree away from those stories. And who knows, you may even wind up being their next guest. Check out The First Degree every Wednesday only on Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. It's that little chico pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This week we have a mega Sony-verse, Spidey-verse, all things Spider-Man update, and I am so excited. We also have some of the first images from Netflix's chilling adventures of Sabrina show. It's Collider Heroes. And this is where we need a song or something lighter. 
Look at the heroes. They're heroes. Dead air can't happen. That's what. I resisted breaking out of the song. Everyone, write down the date. So, Collider Heroes, that was a moment that will live forever on the internet. I'm not ashamed about it. So, this is episode 266, which means we are a mere 99 episodes away from you being able to watch every single day. <laughs> That's true. It can happen. That's the internet. Uh, my name is Amy Dallin. I'm Corey Jondro. And we are joined by an amazing guest. Hector Navarro. It's me. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, this th- is the best. You guys are the best. This is a beautiful place of love. It's my favorite. <laughs> and we got Spider-Man today. I know. So Hector Navarro is here to talk Spider-Man. That's great. That's how our friendship began. And, and I wore my Lego Batman shirt. Sure. So ready. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> so in the world of Spider-Verse, where Sony's going, we've gotten update after update. It keeps moving along. It seems like every week we get a new Ditko character. They're like, that should be a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the Craven update. Now it sounds like Silver and Black is being split waiting, into two films. I'm just waiting for Slapstick to get announced. It's as a, any minute. I'm any waiting minute for the big wheel. Like, yeah, big wheel. <laughs> Roland no Emmerich. Tarantula solo film. <laughs> it's coming. The iguana. They um, do both Tarantula and Black Tarantula. Like yeah. They're like, greenlight all the Tarantula villains. <laughs> well, we got to do them separate and then they'll cross over that'll come later that's how movies work now. silver and black silver and black and then uh, well the problem is for me is that they they have all these great ideas they have all these great properties and then they get to a certain point of development and then they're like what if we change everything and that's what i feel like sony's been doing with all these characters but for do a you long think time there's any way to avoid okay so variety did a big sort of update yeah. about the spider very interesting verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the thing that's still at the sort of heart of this whole problem is that they are developing a bunch of spider-man movies without spider-man yeah mm-hmm. so as it's, hype it's, as i am to see silk it's Extremely hype. Yes. This makes yes. no sense. It's 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 look, it is the it is the thing that comic book fans and comic book movie fans are used to. It's the word compromise. <laughs> it's we've always gotten a thing that we want, but there's always been a compromise. We finally got Justice League, but Superman's face is weird. That's the compromise. Like this is how Hollywood works, is they give us the thing we think we know that we want, but then they're like, but also, but this thing's weird about it. And 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 I feel like the reason that most like very successful comic book superhero movies are the way they are is because we have the least amount of that. Logan is still a compromise in some aspects because it's not full on old man Logan. It's not you know, but God damn it, what a great movie that we got. Wonder Woman is a certain compromise too. It's not set in the modern era. It's not you know, there's little things here and there like Ares is weird, but Wonder Woman, like we finally got Wonder Woman and it's a big budget thing. And so you get to these Sony things and the way that Variety broke it down and Sony announced it, it's like. Sony's universe of Marvel characters. And then even in the description, they're like, we have access to over 900 characters. I'm like, no, you don't. That's inaccurate. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Like I said, Slapstick is one of those characters. Like, you know, like, they're not characters that will actually be utilized. They're just Marvel, numbers. Yeah, when Marvel says we have thousands of characters, it's like you're counting background characters, too. Like, that, doesn't, that doesn't count. That's not accurate. The Randy but, Robertson movie. Right, exactly. It's like, I want to see Randy, but he's not going to get his own movie. Like, that's not how that works. Don't but, say, you don't know. Well, remember that Aunt, remember that Aunt May prequel we almost got? Yeah, there was a right? time that an Aunt May prequel yes. was coming, and I'm still afraid that they, Marissa Tomei being cast they, means Aunt May. They prequel. described it as like like Sony's universe of Marvel characters, and they said we're so excited to be able to to use all of. Uh, these uh, Marvel characters and branch off in its own universe. And I'm like, you said it right there. They're, they're Marvel characters. The mm-hmm. universe already exists. It's the Marvel universe. You're limiting yourself because you're saying you're playing with these characters and, and creating this universe that's already created. Right. It's like saying, I can, we, I, we can't wait to develop the Magneto universe. Magneto from the X-Men? Yes, the Magneto universe. But we universe. don't talk about it's the like, X-Men. Don't mention like, the X-Men. Well, they, he's already a part of a larger thing. But the like, problem, so Sony is rebooting their universe to be their own thing and to have their own shared universe. So, so far, we know we have Venom. We know we have the Spider, uh, Spider-Verse film. 
film that comes out in December that looks incredible. But then Silver and Black has been split into Black Cat and Silver Sable. Black Cat sounds like it's being fast-tracked. Silver Sable, as Silver Sable is the character she is, is like, maybe later. Yeah. And then we also have talk of these, uh, a Craven film. There's been talk of another of other, like, uh, like villain films. And a Sinister Six script is still bouncing around. It's still, so yeah. it's the idea... Happened, and is it Nightwatch? Am I getting that right? What's yeah, that guy's name? Nightwatch. But yeah. Nightwatch hasn't been mentioned since they, like, retroactively yeah. said no to yes. Like, yeah. they said no to yes about five properties. So I really don't know what's going to happen. I know that Black Cat, uh, they're still talking about uh, having Ruthie Carter do costume design. They're mm-hmm. still talking about having um, Blythewood, who was going to direct the combo. She hasn't left the project officially, as far as we know. She's going to be a producer still. So, she directed a pilot for Cloak and Dagger, it, and it which was is brilliant. great. She's good. a great director. And so, again, there's a lot of compromise where, and I was, we were having this conversation, I was talking about this with Markia McCarty, and she's so excited about, and I totally agree, the possibility for like new types of characters, more characters of color, more mm-hmm. types of storytellers behind the camera, in front of the camera, all that stuff is great. But again, the compromise is is that it's it's all being pushed by this sort of Sony like we can't use Spider Man, but we think the other Spider Man characters are are like kind of enough. Yeah. And and Sony does not have a great track record. And some of the producers that were listed there are like Avi Arad, Avi, I've got is such the, the Spider Man three such problem an up and down thing with this guy because he knew kind of what was popular, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that he's done as a producer is sort of for the wrong reasons. Matt Tolmack is another guy that I remember. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. He was on the commentary for the Amazing Spider-Man Two, and this is what I think of when I think of about a Hollywood producer that kind of pisses me off. Right? <laughs> I'm listening to the commentary for the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah. One of the producers in there, maybe Avi Arad, poses a question. Matt, why did we decide to shoot in New York? Why did we shoot in New York? Thinking the answer was going to be, well, you can't do Spider-Man without New York. They're so intrinsic to one another. This is, you know, Spider-Man is. Did he say tax breaks? And yes. Oh, the answer God. that Matt Tolmack goes, oh, because of all the tax breaks. <laughs> so, and I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, as a comic book fan, I'm already like, this makes me feel like you're more of a movie producer than somebody like a Kevin Feige, who has been pushed to us as he's one of us. He's a fan. Somebody like and for you know years, he is literally filming in Atlanta yes, because of tax breaks. We yes. all understand you need and to we get it. Movies, we get it. And but- yet. We'll never hear that out of his mouth. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, it's PR. And, and on the other side, that's why fans have for years asked for people like uh, uh, Bruce Timm, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett, the animation people at DC, to be in charge of some of their superhero stuff. Because they handle because the characters. Fans, right, because fans want people that love and know and respect the characters. People have been pushing, get Jeff Johns in there. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing that they've been asking for for years, as opposed to, like, Warner Brothers going, well, now we have this other movie producer that's just going to take over the line. And, and fans are like, but it's not enough. And it to is just, vastly you know, important to know how to make movies. These pairings yes. don't always work out, but there is... There is that sense of, like, I want, I do want that reassurance that Sony understands that, like, look, I agree, these side characters are amazing. Very compelling. But it is bizarre to take one of the most beautiful interconnected sub-universes that has one person at its heart and be like, we are committed to moving forward with that heart kind of sort of existing, but mostly he's somewhere else, and his relationship with Eddie Brock will not be at the center point of the film. Sure. Uh, the connection between his story and Silk's probably can't be a center point of her film. The relationship but with Black Cat is so important to the character of Spider-Man and Black Cat because Black Cat loves... Well, she, not here. Spider-Man's not here. What is she doing? And she loves Spider-Man and not Peter Parker and that's such an interesting take on the alter, like alternate concepts of identity. I don't and, think and it like, can be done, yes. but we're sitting here panicking because we don't know that you have a good idea 
idea of how it can be done, it's, which it may feels be too early to panic. Cart before horse. It feels like that producer thing of shared universe, shared universe. Here is Tom Cruise's The Mummy, dark universe before they're setting things up. And everything we're talking about, it seems like the takeaway is we want to see Silk. We want to see Black Cat. We want to see the Sinister Six. We want to see Venom. We want to see these characters in movies. But my God, how amazing would it be if they were seeds planted in a Tom Holland, Tom Holland mm-hmm. Spider-Man movie first? And then what if the actress who played Cindy Moon, because there was a character named Cindy Moon in bus. Spider-Man Homecoming, like what if she was the one starring in Silk? How amazing would that be? What if they, you know, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming Far From Home, they planted a little relationship between, like she's still in the movie and Cindy and Peter have a little interaction or whatever, and then she gets her own movie from there. Like I just feel like it, something. Would, it would be more impactful. It would mean more. It would be something that uh, would have longer legs, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like. Sony, it just feels as if they're still making movies in the sort of early 2000s era. We were talking right before the show that we we survived the 80s where it was like, let's acknowledge a superhero, but it's really a blah, blah, blah movie. And you're like, but it's kind of the thank you want. And then the 90s was like, we're going to make movies and then we'll incorporate superhero storylines. The 2000s, we finally got sci-fi superhero films. We got movies that were like, they were mutant films bordering on X-Men films. Then in the 2010s, we finally got movies that were fully embracing storylines. We were accepting these things. And now in these teens, we are making movies that are sometimes better than the source material. Yeah. We were talking right before. Yeah. We think Infinity War is better than Infinity Gauntlet. Yes. Arguably, Civil War is, is better than the storyline in the comics. Is better Black than Panther. Most Black Panther comics I've read. Never so great Black Panther comics. The, my you know question I mean? for you guys is do you think two things? One, do you think this is what Sony's doing? Uh, is mirrors what DC had originally done in their first slate where they're announcing all these movies, they have all these scripts, and they're seeing what works by way of test audiences reading the scripts? Like they're, they're pre producing more than they're producing. They're making all these things, and they're announcing at Comic Con these giant panels. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get Silk. I feel like it's like DC in 2012. Sure. And then all also, do you think that after we get Spider-Man back, because what's going to happen is the contract ends, I believe, after four films that shares them with Marvel. Mm. Do you think when Sony owns Spider-Man altogether, when Sony reverts the Spider-Man rights, which theoretically could happen, do you think then they're going to start building a shared universe because they'll feel like it's all theirs and they're entitled and they don't want to share with Marvel? Man, those are some great questions. I, I, it, it might feel a little bit like Sony is approaching this again, not just the way Warner Brothers did, but like Universal with the Dark Universe, this thing where these studios are pushing the shared universe thinking that that's what fans like as opposed to they like world building and like ease us into it you know we started with Iron Man we ended with a purple guy collecting stones to, to, to kill half of the universe and like my dad got that right do you know what I mean you cannot you have to ease into that that I, takes 20 movies I will I will contrarian myself a little bit here which is to say that around the time Iron Man was coming mm-hmm. I definitely was sort of like how are we going to do a Marvel universe that the X-Men and Spider-Man are at the heart for of sure, that the FF sure. I had doubts mm-hmm. and it, look, they showed up with Iron Man yes. and it was like Oh, you did the thing. Yes. They announced Avengers, and I was like, this this can be done. So there is precedent for that. There but is. But I will say Venom sounds exactly like the 80s and 90s movies you're describing, which is like... He Pieces, kinda, like, but... It's, mm-hmm. it's a... It, it's Dolph Lundgren a, is the Punisher. Really Cap has know. ears on his helmet. Really... Um, yes and no. I think uh, I, I, you're absolutely right, Amy. And I still think that the MCU is incomplete without the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. That's yeah. my favorite movie franchise ever, and I'm still the first person to go, yeah, but they're still incomplete. We still need Magneto. We still need Doctor Doom. We still need the FF. Uh, I, having said that, I think that the difference is, is that Spider-Man and his characters is a little corner and franchise of the greater Marvel Universe in the comic books, the mm-hmm. way that Daredevil and his street-level people are, and the Avengers are, and the cosmic characters are, and the Fantastic Four. They ha- have their own little pockets. Right. Um, Spider-Man and the Sony-verse is a pocket without Spider-Man, so that's why I already think it's like it's not going to work. It's a donut. It's a, yeah, exactly. You're missing right? Spider-Man in the, and to yeah. make it a muffin. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I really hope that Sony... 
I, again, I, I'm sure that their bottom line might be hurting because they have to share profits. But I'm a poor person, and I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. Oh, if, you're just making millions, you're making not billions? Less, you're making, yeah, you're, you're making less money than all of the money you, you're making. Like, I don't care. So yeah. I really, would really, really, really hope that they're smart and, and understand that I think in the long run it will benefit them more mm-hmm. if they keep that, that partnership with Marvel Studios going. Now, if they don't. as long as possible. I, I completely agree. but that they would re-up. If they don't, do you feel like after Far From Home... So for me, the Spider-Man universe yeah. is so well-branded that oh we don't God. need to it's do the thing with Far From Home. Fire, you, just, I, you freak me out because you said four movies. I'm like, we got time. No, no. Civil it's War, Far From Home, Spider-Man, man. Infinity, Infinity War, War Far, Far From Home. Cause, Cause, this is terrifying. Because I, I don't know how... Because technically Avengers 4 make it 5, and I hear it's 4. I don't know. But so Spider-Man has this unique thing where the branding is so good. You see Spider-Man, everyone knows him. A lot of the villains, everyone knows. They don't have the problem they had with Iron Man, Captain America, right. certain characters. Right. Do you think that Sony can recover... have it with Silver Sable. But do you think... Well, we have an interesting... Do you think they can recover by having these characters be so iconic that the movie sells without Marvel's help? Because Spider-Man is so well-known, these movies I will make money. I will say hardcore no... Because at the even where they're at right now, when we see in the Venom trailer, in association with Marvel, it makes you go. Mm. People laugh at that. People already can tell the difference between that and the Marvel Studios ten year logo. I can't believe it's not Marvel. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Diet so like, Marvel. They need to. They you cannot bank on the fact that movie audiences are not savvy. Right. We know how to Google shit. We yeah. know how to Wikipedia stuff. Stop. Don't assume that just because some of your characters are recognizable that um, that that's kind of enough. Now right. there is like Venom. Maybe the like the exception here in that as weird as it is to see a Venom movie that isn't coming out of Spider Man, like mm-hmm. love for Venom is fierce. It's insane. There is, it is like a generation Venom out there. Tweet me if you're one of them because True. I've met a lot of you at the comic book store. He's your boy. Yeah. yeah. He like you will show up. Yes. Um it it doesn't necessarily that mean that we have a long term thing here. I don't Is that know. enough? I've already His got... trailer's been watched more than the Spider Man trailers. Yes. The Venom trailer is one of the most watched trailers of all time. Is but that it's because free. that's everyone or is that because that's the Venom boys are gonna show up? Like I love me some Venom boys and like you said to me there will show up, but it will that be enough? I've already got my girlfriend's dad texting me going hey what's with venom is he part of the marvel movie i'm already having to explain like (laughs) no marvel adjacent by way of in association because of this character is shared because of legal rights because of gonna be most people are gonna be girlfriend's dad where they're like um where's tom holland what is it what's this thing this is already an uphill battle i get it both more and less savvy like you can't expect the mass general audience to do the work for you of figuring out how this stuff connects, but you also can't rely on people sort of getting tricked into it. Did the know. announcement surprise you of Silver and Black being split into two films? Yeah. Yes. It so didn't surprise me that Silver and Black is in more trouble once they lost Gina Prince Blythewood's immediate attachment. I yeah. expected it to go back burner. Uh, it surprised me that it became two separate films that are theoretically both going forward. Because the, the thing I liked about the Silver and Black concept was the Black Cat character has this great history of her dad was a, a bank robber, mm-hmm. he was a burglar, and then she took on that mantle, wanted to impress her dad, all these things. And you could do something sim- similar with Silver Sable. You could have her be an assassin that's trying to follow in her father's footsteps. True. And you could mirror these things. Silver Sable could be for the force of good, she'd be the force of evil. Then they meet up and you have this conflict because you're following these two characters. That's the movie I'd make. That's the movie I'd want to see. That's interesting. That's really the only one you can make. But then you take away <laughs> half of that then you've got like well, she's a girl that uh, is a burglar. And then uh, it just feels like it's on an 80s, almost superhero movie like we talked about. Yeah. So without that beautiful comparison of good and evil, without that yin to the yang, I don't know if the movie has feet or has legs to make a franchise work. So I really want this to go forward. And pr- I want Sony to prove us all wrong. I'm the eternal optimist of Venom. I'm the eternal optimist of Sony. If it reverts back to being just Sony, I would like there to be an 
entire Sinister Six universe because these characters are rich enough. The Sinister Six yeah. script is incredible. The henchmen and the villains of Spider-Man are so smart and well-written you can shape this, but will they? It, it, Black Hat is a great character. I love the character. I love Felicia Hardy. And when I think about her relationship with Spider-Man, I don't – I'm not saying that, like, this female character can only work if she has a relationship with another more popular male character. Sure. I think about, like, Jessica Jones, the TV show. Jessica Jones has this great thing in the comic books where she technically went to high school at Midtown High with Peter Parker while he was in high school, and she had a crush on him. It's adorable. And it's great. And, and it's then like five she panels. got into a car accident, which then led to her getting powers. And so she, like, she was, like, in a coma, and then she was known as Coma Girl. And then so it was this whole thing that she dealt with in high school read jessica jones it's so so good i don't i'm not missing that i don't get that sweet little connection between like uh christian ritter and tom holland Mm -hmm. you know i'm like i'm not missing it because it's not super vital i love felicia hardy but i also love the relationship very similar to batman and catwoman selena kyle where it's this on again off again it's this like she falls for the guy and vice versa yeah and it affects peter and changes his way of thinking it affects her and changes her way of thinking she maybe doesn't want to be a criminal maybe she is maybe she you know we get to break down that sort of code which is so fascinating it's like daredevil versus punisher which was great in season two of daredevil like we get those conversations and i also love that I just I love that relationship because later when they're not together, which is okay for them not to be together, Black Cat is still she eventually tries to become the kingpin of crime right. within New York, and, and she then takes Spider-Man's, over an entire quadrant. He's still in the mix, so it's like I, I, I I'm gonna miss that right. because it's very important to because me for both of their characters. Because it's, it's interesting, fun. it's, it's not, not just a little joke. Like it's not that she can't have interesting adventures that he's not involved yes. in. It's that it's weird to build a universe, this specific universe, without him. But it, we're we're yeah. we're going in circles so at this point. We're all concerned, but I am forever optimistic. Because I really want Spider-Man to be well. He's my Venom boy. Boys. I think. And yeah, Tim Venom boys. Venom boys gonna show up. Tim Venom boys, Junko Either jeans. Way, don't worry about it. Don't worry about up. it. That's right. October fifth, Tim Venom oh, boys. Is carnage in this? No, and it's I gonna think, be Woody Harrelson. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. We've got our first confirmation on rating for Venom. We have a first rumored fear of rating. A rumored fear confirmation time <laughs> on Collider Heroes. Uh, we hear it's a hard PG-13. Yeah. Now, to me, this could be an optimistic sign. Okay. Okay. Uh, this maybe is not going to go over Please well. Please tell me why go this on. is good. Please sell this to us. Because if it's fully R, I don't know if this like connecting in with the Marvel sure. thing is going to work out. Mm-hmm. But if they're still trying to make that relationship work, making their movies PG-13 might be better. Maybe maybe I'm too maybe I give the Marvel Studios Marvel Cinematic Universe too much credit. Whenever people are like, <laughs> you know, if they get Deadpool and they can never do a rated R Deadpool set in the MCU, they could never do that. Marvel would never do make that movie. They have said they have no plans to do it. But then I look at if you're worried about Disney like poo-pooing stuff. Look at Punisher. Look at Daredevil on Netflix. Look at Jessica Jones. That shit's sure. rated R. Yeah. yeah, and it's and technically within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If Kevin Feige really hated rated R stuff, stop that. At some point, a movie person would shut down a TV person because it's kind of you know connected. Yeah. There's some they have each other's phone it numbers. It is the big red Marvel brick yeah. in front of it. They got you know, they, <laughs> or maybe they're disconnected. I don't, I don't know. All I'm saying is that people, I guess you know, don't forget that Punisher and Daredevil and exist. Those things are very mature. I, I I understand it's I understand it's not film and it's not TV, but here's the thing. I always go back to Andrew Garfield Spider Man versus Tom Holland Spider Man when Marvel got the rights to Spidey. Did they just make another twenty eight year old guy swinging around the city? Did they just bring over Andrew Garfield? No, they, they looked at the character. They went, "What can this character do mm-hmm. that could benefit us?" And they went, "Make him sixteen years old." 
We agree that Luke Cage right? is a PG-13 bordering on R, but that works yes. with Punisher that is hard R. We True. also agree that Luke Cage has a reference to Cloak and Dagger, and Cloak and Dagger has a reference to yes. Luke Cage. In Luke Cage, they mention O'Reilly. In awesome. Cloak and Dagger, they mention Misty. Yes. Those things are different ratings, and TV. it still works. It still works. All I'm saying is that I would not put it past Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige. Honestly, if they had an ac- if they had the access to use a character like Venom or Deadpool, if and when they get him, or other X-Men or whatever, especially Deadpool— Looking at that character, why wouldn't they go, what can this character bring to our thing that we've already created that we don't have yet? My God, make a rated R comedy. Mm-hmm. A lower budget rated R comedy. I that, don't you know what I mean? out that they could eventually decide to do that. Yeah. I don't think that they would necessarily want Sony to be the ones to crack open the R-rated Maybe you're right. like, side did. of... I mean, Fox showed... Less and of... we know that they love each other very much and get along real well. <laughs> 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 but I think that a, like a, body, a body horror Cronenberg film through Venom would be a very interesting experiment for Marvel. That way, it's Sony's folly. If it falls apart, then Marvel can go, see, it doesn't work. But if it does work, yeah. they can go, oh, let's take this. Just, they don't shy away from taking the chances themselves. But I guess you're saying that they wouldn't necessarily want to shut down creativity on the Venom film. Correct. Hope. That's my hope. Once again, optimism. I, I am also just worried that this, like, it was going to be rated R because we're going to be different from Marvel Studios to now we're backing away and we're going to make a PG-13 in case we do want to cross over. It feels, again, not a, like a creative decision, but a producer decision. A fear-based one. A fear-based producer decision as opposed to people working on that movie earnestly looking at Venom and going, no, this character can still work PG-13 and we think that's okay. I love PG-13 movies. I've always said Venom could work as a PG-13 movie, but the fact that they touted this in the beginning... But if your trailer is, as, there are too yes, many heroes, yes, PG-13. Thank you. It's, that's like scary, like, mismarketing because that was the Hall H ad we just got and that was when the rumor started. So they show Venom about to bite someone's brain out, which right. is an R-rated move, frankly. Right. Yeah. And then turning into PG-13 after that moment, that seems like yeah. it's a fear. But but we have a lot of other news. We have some other news. That is the biggest <laughs> news of the week because it was one of those weeks speaking of uh not knowing whether to take things in a dark direction or not uh come over with us to netflix where we've got our very first images from the sabrina tv series this is in in case you're wondering why this is on collider heroes comic books (laughs) sabrina is part of the archie universe of comic books one of the strangest and most interesting corners of comic book publishing is the like 70 odd year history of archie andrews and his assorted riverdale compatriots who have now been and done everything possible to be and do uh, except for uh, a dark live action sabrina the teenage witch netflix series Uh, so i'm gonna say this is interesting as hell yes uh, the, I'm all for it. Like, I'm, I'm absolutely all for the comic book dark Sabrina that they've been doing. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see because in some ways when you move it to live action, some of the sort of there's an implicit irony to this is lost because we have so much Sabrina publishing tradition. Do you think that there's enough uh, out there in the world? Is there enough awareness of Sabrina and her history to make this work? as that sort of implicit irony and its own thing, or is it just going to be an interesting witch series, which might be enough? I, no, I, uh, I was going to say, yes, I think so. I think even more so than Archie and his friends, who have never had a movie, have never had a live-action TV show, and Riverdale still does that and banks on that, people knowing that it's classic Americana mm-hmm. being messed with. Mm-hmm. So I think that Sabrina even has a one-up on Archie because Sabrina had a years-long-running Melissa Joan Hart show. Yes. Mm-hmm. That When I mentioned this to my girlfriend, like, oh, this looks cool because it's hopefully going to be based off of that inspired by that comic book that's so cool she was like wait what sabrina's coming back i used to love that show and then i told her about the comic book and she goes that's cool so i already feel like there is that awareness so of they sabrina do have that groundwork yes yes i feel like the world loves 
irony. It <laughs> loves dark and gritty. It loves supernatural right now, and it loves nostalgia. So you put all that together with a character that's on TGIF yeah. for so many years. Like yeah. this is the time for this character with Riverdale doing so well, with Sabrina being a character that's so ripe for it. And like, if you mix Ileana Rasputin with The Witch, that movie that came out a couple years ago, and give me this, please. Like I'm already. Oh my like, god! If, if this, this is what like this is, the Vavitch, this is going to be. If nuts. this is the Vavitch every week, and it's Sabrina, and there's a talking cat uh, named Salem, give me that show. Oh my like, god! We, I don't think we have confirmation on the talking cat. I think it's In on everyone's. Heart, there's talking oh, confirmation be. cat. Like there, what is that? I do know the saying? aunts are perfectly cast. Oh, I think yeah. it's uh, Lucy Wilson and uh, Eowyn. What's her Lucy name? Lucy from Wonder Woman. Or am um, I thinking Lucy of the wrong? Lucy Davis is Davis. what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Am I? Yeah, yeah, from Wonder Woman, right? I should have checked the names. But she's um, Etta Candy in Wonder Woman, right? Yes. Awesome. If that's the person I'm thinking of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If I've got this name right, that's who it is. Also, Coy, with your and breakdown, with your breakdown just now, where you just said what the world loves, I think you just like explained why the live action titan show is going to be awesome like uh, you just no, pitched it as, as I just great let you no? know, i got one thing fuck Batman. yeah man <laughs> oh that's gonna work but that's the thing is you can go one or two directions with that kind of comedy one yeah. of those directions gives you curb stomping robin the other one gives you a deadpool too like there are two ways to go with nostalgia yeah. porn and comedy and like self-awareness self-awareness yeah. is a, the fourth wall is a dangerous wall yeah I mean, yeah you just went straight to comedy with that and i, I like i don't think that's what they're going I don't think they're going to go comedy. Irony and comedy. I think Wait, are we talking things. Sabrina or Titans? What are we talking about? I think irony in Sabrina will work. I don't okay. think the comedy in darkness is what they're going for. I think ironic and, and comedic are going to yes, be like the Riverdale. line they have to walk. And I don't really think that, yeah, and I think the show will be better for the fact that they are probably not going to wink at the camera and be like, yeah. Not your mom, Sabrina. They will let that be happening in the hearts and minds of their audience, which Lucy is one Davis of those choices. Come. Okay, it is Lucy Davis and Miranda Otto, just making sure I mm-hmm. wasn't completely mad there, but they're going to be perfect as the aunts. Uh, and they, they probably also will both be kind of funny because those mm-hmm. aunts have always been kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't know. I'm very psyched for this. Yeah. The leadership behind this, I think it's Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Yeah, same the guy. guy who's been running all of this amazing, and dark, interesting Archie verse. The comic book mm-hmm. Afterlife with Archie, which you all should go read because it's great. And the issue about the dog will make you cry. It's so good. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> and Nick Offerman for Salem. Um, so yes. I really think that this You're going to want to cast that spell slowly. Uh, <laughs> Sabrina. You don't know magic. I don't know. That's like a, I was in trance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, Give no. me all of the catnip I said you have. All the, all all the, the catnip. catnip. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Great. Nick there Offerman. It is. There it is. Tim Venom Bros. Netflix, um, you're welcome. So I really think it has potential. I'm really excited. Is there anything else about uh, Sabrina that we know or want to dive into? I feel like we only have a couple images. It feels to me like the Vavitch. Uh, I feel like it has a lot of hope. And I really I think Netflix is the right house for it. It was originally yeah. going to be on the CW with Riverdale. They're going to be like sister shows. And then apparently it went to Netflix because it was too dark. So that mm. idea that Riverdale's pretty dark, there's some murder. Yeah. So I think that if it's too dark for that and goes to Netflix, Netflix has done a great job giving creative freedom to creators. And I really think this has potential to be the next big show. I mean, there'll be a certain pocket of us watching this feverishly. I'm very curious to see if it can sort of cross over and kind of catch fire in the way that, like, Netflix shows kind of depend on doing to succeed. But mm-hmm. I'm really glad that they're trying this experiment. There are limits to how much darkness I want to see, and I'll be curious to see like where they go with this. But I'm like, more okay it looks with fantastic. this being dark versus honestly Riverdale. Like I just wanted Mark <laughs> Wade's Archie, and oh, I watched man. the first episode of that Riverdale, not... and I hated it and screamed at the TV. And I've never done that, and I was such a fanboy in the worst way for that one episode. And I need to give Riverdale another shot and go back and watch the whole first season because everyone's like, it's so trashy fun. It's great. Have like, you probably. read Ed Brubaker's Criminals: Last of the Innocents? No. 
It's like volume four of Criminal. No. It's is that Archie? Archie? Oh, is it? It's I should read that. A okay. plus. Also, Archie and Punisher teaming up means they can go dark. Yes. This is a thing that happens. <laughs> Archie and Punisher is fantastic. John Bernthal is going to show up in They're that. Both. John Bernthal in the CW. Can you imagine him walking out of a CW set like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing. With Riverdale, it's like, he could be like, your, your town is full of messed up people. And He's he'd be at right. He's diner like he is yeah. always with Karen in the Netflix show, but it's the same yeah, diner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Netflix has is seems to be single-handedly devoted to reminding us that all kinds of other different comic book stuff exists. Because in addition, in the same article where we got the photos for Sabrina, they mentioned in their in-development rundown, and this is something I'm just interested in as an industry observer, there was a Variety article with an in-development note about Mark Miller announcing a comic book. That's and it's because it's his new comic on his development shingle with Netflix. Yeah. It's called Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, uh, it's with Raphael Albuquerque, which is the info you need to know mm-hmm. um, because he's amazing. Uh, and it's going to be about a guy trying to sort of solve the world's problems. We'll see what happens cool. there. Cool. Uh, and it's interesting because they don't even technically, it wasn't technically a TV announcement. Yeah. We don't know what or when is happening, but because he's got that very unique position where he's now publishing with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Magic Order number three, I think, comes out today. Um, they are they're planting all these seeds for the next round of Netflix comic book adaptations, which are straight from the mind of Mark Miller. I love that Netflix is so comic book friendly that there's a, a Malar World corner. There's Rob Liefeld getting extreme comics over there. There's like these different, and those are so different that Umbrella it won't Academy's feel like, coming. Yeah, we, we've got different yeah. pockets of very different styles of comics, different styles of creators, and it won't ever. I think as long as they keep like making it so diverse and so open-ended it won't ever feel like that bubble burst we're worried about because netflix shows don't feel like movies they don't feel like abc shows they don't feel like freeform shows mm-hmm. so as long as they keep diversifying their creative talent then netflix can keep buying like comic properties all over the place and i feel like mm-hmm. the real end point of this sort of comic book development boom uh that has been the last couple of years have been sort of nuts to watch um is that in you know if it makes sense the way it all shakes out we will get to a point where based on a comic is essentially just like based on a book you yeah. see tons of movies that are based on books yes. they're based on murder mysteries gone girl is based on a book mm-hmm. um they're based on period pieces mm-hmm. you know classic works of fiction tv to, shows are based on books yeah like this dexter was based on yeah. books uh and it's just because nobody's like a book means one kind of thing yeah. um, and we're moving in that direction yeah. with comics and, and it's interesting to watch Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, uh, right. Road to Perdition, I feel like, was a yep. sneaky one where they did, no one thinks that is based on a comic. Ghost and that was World. a while ago. Yeah. Ghost World. So I think we're getting to the point where we're going to, sooner than later that'll happen, where there'll be less people like, stupid comic movies, and they'll just be like, oh, I liked that thing. Oh, it was a comic. And then they'll have mm. to fight their own selves. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's coming. <laughs> I would like that very much. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break. You know it's one of my favorite things to do, post-dancing rehearsal. Not going to lie, it's putting on some sweatpants immediately and having a drink. You all know I love a glass of wine or two, but I also like to switch it up. So lately, Jason and I have been making a little cocktail at night using Rum Haven. Rum Haven believes Mother Nature did things right, so it's crafted using real coconut water and not using artificial preservatives or flavorings. It is so incredibly refreshing. I mentioned I like to add it to a cocktail, but it's also actually great over ice with a splash of club soda. It tastes like I'm on vacation, sitting on an island somewhere far, far away which is without a doubt a great feeling, especially during these crazy times. So make sure to follow at Rumhaven on Instagram because they post all types of these seasonal recipes. They do giveaways and tips. Plus, when you go to discover.rumhaven.com, you can find their latest blogs, quizzes, and any promotions they have going on. 
on one of their latest blog posts, they actually have some tips about planning your virtual watch party, which is pretty perfect since everyone's favorite reality shows back on Tuesdays. Be sure to have a little virtual drink with me, sip some rum haven, maybe even while you're listening to the pod. Let me know what you think. Celebrate more for less at HomeSense. More yummy, the best cookware by far. And three cheers for bar. More I love it gifts from chocolate to spa to ooh la la. HomeSense, cheer is here. Hey, Collider fans, this is John Roker, the producer of Collider Heroes. Hey, Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games. Gamefly puts video games where they belong in the hands of the gamers who love them. With your monthly subscription to Gamefly.com, you can pick your favorite games from over 9,000 titles and have them mailed directly to your door. Don't waste your money buying this year's new game titles before you know if they're even worth it. With Gamefly, you have access to all the newest game releases and you can keep them to play for as long as you want. So that's one monthly fee, unlimited video game rentals of all the most popular titles from Madden to Call of Duty, and over 9,000 titles to choose from so you can find most of your favorites. Keep the games as long as you want, no late fees, no due dates, and when you're tired of it, just mail it back and they'll send you a new game of your choosing. And they offer movie rentals now as well. Go to Gamefly.com slash Collider and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer by visiting Gamefly.com slash Collider. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days. You want to dive into the minor mutations? Let's do it. All right. So we got a good smattering of news today. Yeah. For minor mutations, let's start with a nice, fun downer. Uh, actress <laughs> Ruby Rose uh, has been harassed into deleting her Twitter account after getting cast as Batwoman last week. Uh, and I would just like to take this moment to be like, please be nice. Fandoms. You like things. You share a liking of things. Perhaps like thing together instead of being angry together. You it's can an idea. approve or disapprove uh. of a casting, but there is never any reason to hurl abuse at someone online. Agreed. Especially not the actor who, you know, isn't involved in those kinds of... Dis- like, I, I, I get that there are legitimate qualms that people have with how Hollywood casts things. Fair. Find the correct outlet to discuss that. Do not hurl that harassment at the actor when she is enthusiastic about the character and excited to get to work and Stephen Amell is like welcome aboard and we mm-hmm. like all of that is all positivity don't do that don't harass Kelly Marie Tran because mm-hmm. you're racist and sexist like if you didn't like a movie go pick on the people who or go find the outlet that you don't pick on anybody is what I'm saying but go find the outlet to like to accurately describe why you don't like a thing as opposed to harassing people yeah. I think put that energy into getting creative on your own because yeah. Donald Glover was wearing a Star Wars shirt in his high school year photo maybe just work your butt off for 20 years and make yep. it on star wars i'm just yep. saying if you want to be aggressive be aggressive towards your art yep. and there are uh, i'm so okay we're pausing on this first one there are real concerns some people might be aware like there are fans who hoped that a jewish actress would be chosen to play it mm-hmm. but there are also fans who are really mad that specific actress c wasn't chosen right and that is a bad reason yes to be hurling abuse at people like yes. i mean any reason is a bad reason to be hurling abuse at people but there's an, a world of difference between a calm discussion about what kind of casting you are hoping for and hollywood and, trends in general yeah. like let's have that just let's talk about that that's fine that's fair talking about representation we should always be talking about that but <sighs> you're watching this on youtube if you have read a youtube comment and you wrote something back and then someone attacked you completely blindly didn't know you didn't feel like they had any place in your life and all of a sudden you got attacked by that did you feel good the rest of the day or were you like man that sucked out of nowhere yep. and then if someone apologized how good did that feel and then you can move forward and maybe you made a friend maybe go forward being nice towards others and all of us can make more stuff instead of attacking strangers it's a concept i don't know i'm gonna cry 
What I just have a few times. So let's go through the rest yeah. of my invitations now that poor Ruby Rose. So we also have news that they are uh, bringing another cyborg. A different actor has been cast as cyborg, and this time it's for Doom Patrol. So DC is continuing their trend of movie character and TV character separate casting. So all the Grant Gustin fans that want him in movies, this is another step in the wrong direction. But also, <laughs> cyborg is still not a Titan. He's in, coming to Doom Patrol. <laughs> Why? More uh, questions than answers, and then exciting though. Um, okay, so Runaway season two has a release date. It is coming out in December, and this year you get to binge it. It will be all at once uh, this year when it comes out uh, in December. And it's 13 episodes instead of 10, which is very exciting. More of them coming at all at once. We also know the most important character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has survived the snap. Yes, I know you're worried that Spider-Man <laughs> was gone, but Daryl has survived and he's working on Sunday, so he's making sure the Marvel Universe keeps on spinning. Thanks, Daryl, for putting in the work. Speaking of the Marvel Universe keeping on spinning, they made a very fun announcement this week. They are doing an IMAX film festival of the entire entire MCU oeuvre, uh, including several films which have never before been seen in IMAX. Uh, and that'll be coming end of this month, beginning of next month. Uh, you can head down and just move in to your local movie theater. You uh, too can get Ed Norton his first Marvel residual check <laughs> for seeing it in IMAX. He'll be very thankful. And we also have a new Flash costume and an official photo. We get a shot of Grant Gustin in the new Flash suit that looks so much like the comic. And if you've seen the teaser trailer from Comic-Con, the ring suit is involved. So I am so excited for this Flash suit. It looks like the Flash. Shout out to Carmine Infantino. Uh, we also found out this week, uh, actually via our friends at the other part of Collider, that X-Men Dark Phoenix reshoots are happening and are not as scary as they might have sounded. Um, there was a rumor going around that they were going to do months and months of reshoots. It looks like it's more like a standard kind of two and a half weeks zone of reshoots for X-Men Dark Phoenix, which, first of all, makes it really sound like they are finishing that movie and we will get to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and B is pretty apparently in line with other blockbusters and their reshoot amounts. So keep crossing your fingers, but apparently situation normal over mm-hmm. there. That's a, and I, that's very helpful for the whole Fox thing finishing out before it's merged. Uh, we also have a director announcement for a general film. Anton Fuqua, <laughs> who I love, did Training Day, Equalizer 1 and 2. He's a brilliant director, is meeting with Marvel. What he's working on, we don't know. Moon Knight? <laughs> That'd be dope. Oh, yeah, starting the rumor now. <laughs> rumor started here. Uh, this week we also saw the release of Avengers Infinity War on Blu-ray. It's beautiful. Oh, it's really beautiful. We got to watch it and do a, a commentary, which you should all check out, which was a ton of fun. But it also comes with all of the special features that we've come to expect, which we can't wait to dive into. We've got deleted scenes. We've got commentary tracks. We've got gag reel. Uh, well, that, that happened yesterday. Yesterday. So it's available on physical copy and digital, which you can also buy. But physical copy by digital media. Uh, so which ones do we want to dive into? What, what minor mutations spoke to you most? We'll let our guests pick this first. I uh, am excited, but I'm also kind of bummed because I have to wait until like the end of September, beginning of October to get my copy of Avengers Infinity War 3D because I had to order it from the UK. I had to Im- I have to pre-order it and it doesn't come out in the UK overseas until until halfway through September and then it'll be shipped to me and take an extra two, three weeks or whatever because I want a 3D version because I have a 3D TV because I'm the only person in Hollywood in Los Angeles in the United States in North America apparently that still cares about 3D. You as well, Roca? You have a 3D TV? Dude! Bro! How have we not talked about this before? And that's Isn't the rest it the, of the best? Show. Did you become best friends? Did we just? Yep. And you guys, you guys haven't been over to, to, to one I'm of my 3D screenings. Have I looped you in my Facebook no? group yet? I'm going to loop you in. You're in there. 
And you've Am talked I? about, yeah, you are, are right? You sure? I'm Please pretty sure. Me. I'm pretty sure. It's I got, now canon. This just I got, happened. Collider I'm pretty sure I got 3D. you guys in there because you've been wanting to come over and do Tron Legacy at some point in 3D, which is real fun. Let's watch Amazing Spider-Man 2, Bro. which one of the best it's things about 3D. it is the 3D. It's yes, filmed in actually, 3D. It uses yes. the Z-axis beautifully. It's, it's really good in 3D. Mark the Webb, movie is camera. all over the place. But uh, <laughs> we we'll do Amazing Spider-Man 2. Man, when he's when he's fighting Paul Giamatti and he's shooting the guns. The Stan cameo. The Stan Lee. Yes, yes. In the depth of field. That one's real good. That's part one. That's really good. Yeah, so. I can't make a skeptical face because I just admitted that I want to see Tron Legacy again. Yeah, of course. It's cool in 3D. I mean, Michael Bay ragged on it, but they do use 3D creatively. Like, it's 2D, it's flat in the real world, and then when you go into it's the grid, it's 3D. You've it's got Wizard a new of technology. Thank you're you, showing Amy. it off. You're you using it. it for storytelling purposes, and there's a horse that changes I color have... for no goddamn reason because you're showing off the possibilities <laughs> of your technology. It's I'm, what it is. I'm going to talk to you guys after this, but I, I, I'm really trying to, like, to like bring a focus to the, the, to, like, the technique of 3D. And, like, to kind of turn people on it. And I found that most people that don't enjoy it in the theater will come over to my apartment, like friends of mine or whatever, and I'll put on, like, Finding Nemo or something, and they're like, oh, this is great. Like, it uh, looks better on the TV. You scale that technique. I'm yeah, sorry. It's, <laughs> uh, uh, like, I, I want to try to bring more awareness. And, and I've actually convinced a couple people online from, through my love of 3D that they're like, I don't normally like 3D, but then I went and saw Infinity War. It was pretty dope. Like, like just little by little, people are, like, you know, giving it a try before it dies out completely. Well, I think um, if things are shot in native 3D, they look amazing. I think the post-conversion yeah. sometimes is the issue. And Infinity War is an animated film. Like, yeah. there's so much animated it's in that film, it kind of works. Yeah. So I can see that post-conversion working because you're not trying to do that thing where it looks like cut out. Like, right. paper characters that are coming at you like a And I, I used to work in post-conversion, and I know the, the actual process and how it works. And so when people talk about converted 3D, I'm like, yes and no. There's pluses and minuses to that, too. And I can put on a movie that's like... Because I think even between the different Amazing Spider-Mans, the first one was shot with native camera 3D. Mm-hmm. And I could put on Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I think was converted. Mm-hmm. And there are moments that look just as good, if not better. There's, there's certain freedoms you're afforded with that, too. There's things you could push and pull and affect with the storytelling people actually give a shit about this thing guys like they they did it's not just people always go back to 2010 with the last airbender as like 3d's bad it's like yeah that was bad they took 30 days to do that and they should never have done that and since then eight years almost a decade the technology has improved there's actual teams of artists that work on that stuff James Cameron has overseen every frame of Terminator 2 Titanic do you know what I mean like it's like Steven Spielberg oversaw every frame of Jurassic Park conversion in 3D and it's I was in the beautiful. dark age. I saw Captain First Avenger and it was yeah. post-converted and it was rough and like certain yeah. films don't land but like sure. I'd love to watch Rango in 3D. Bro, Rango's, Rango's rad. Doctor Strange is next level because they actually add depth to, and dimension to some of the like when you think about like you know when yeah. they're breaking down like walls and it's that weird kaleidoscope thing they're yeah, doing stuff that you do not see in 2D it like was they, fantastic. it's it's rad so that's uh, all i'm saying so in 3D for news to come once once <laughs> once i get infinity oh, war yeah. y'all are invited we're and we're watching infinity war in 3D you can come watch our boring incomplete 2D version until then um. <laughs> no thanks i'm fine no thanks i'll wait i'll wait until october thanks bye well i i am we kind of ragged on it, but I am, I'm excited to see that character come in in another incarnation. Of course, it's not really a surprise that there'd be two different actors for the TV and film versions. And it is interesting because uh, DC has an interesting situation with Cyborg as 
one of the most famous members of the Teen Titans, but who's now been, like, in the comic books, he became a... They rewrote him as a founding Justice League member in 2011. Yeah. And he's sort of been bouncing around here and there since then, but there's a whole generation of folks who either know them... Well, several. There's the 80s generation who know him from teen, New Teen Titans, yep. where he is a very important Titan. There's the kids of the cartoons who all know that he's a Titan. Uh, so I was really interested to see this casting announcement <laughs> that Jorvan Wade is going to be playing Cyborg on the Doom Patrol. Yeah. Um, or maybe he's introduced in Doom Patrol and then he's going to join the Titans. I think the flip is going to happen. I think the reverse of that. Because I think that we haven't heard any other casting for Doom Patrol, right? Because I think they're doing Titans They talked about first. A, one of the Crazy Jane casting. I think oh, that, that might have been a rumor. Well, my thing is I think that maybe I'm wrong. I think that, that uh, Cyborg will be introduced in the Titans because we heard that Doom Patrol is going to be a spinoff of live-action yeah. mm-hmm. Titans. Because there's like so an I episode think... of Do- Doom Patrol and then they spin off to the... Oh, so maybe Cyborg's the connecting thing. tissue. Yes. Maybe think... Cyborg is their Nick Fury. Exactly. Like, the this person boy is literally the connective tissue between the Titans. He might be more expensive. I don't know. That's true. Uh, it could be, it could be, you know, like an acting schedule oh, thing. It could be an expensive effects, effects issue, a cost, like all those uh, things come into play that don't in comics. Maybe like they're both in are... both shows, and we're just totally off base. Where it's like it'll be sort of random which one things appear in first because they're that tightly woven. Who knows? Right? No. Yeah. I Time will love, tell. I would love for like the writers of these shows to be involved in the press releases. Can you I, imagine? Because this is probably, again, all coming from confusion. They're tearing their hair out. Yeah, from, like, uh. from people that are, like, hearing stuff and PR people that come and take over, and they might not know these worlds or know these characters. So things that are very, like, obvious to us where we're like, um, but isn't Cyborg? The writers are like, yes, but we can't say anything. Like, mm. it's probably, But press release, you know. a lot of times, if you're working at, like, Variety, you don't read comics. And, like, you're trying to just do your job, and you're trying to piece it together. But then, or, again, like, Variety breaking down that Sonyverse was real cute. Because I'm like, because like, it's a lot of them, like... This is who Venom is, and this is what this is. And I feel bad because they're trying, and a lot of times they're trying really hard to understand 60 years of continuity, but you're also on Wikipedia like, what's a Venom? Like, there's a lot to go, and cohesion in the entertainment industry is never going to happen. And they're coming at it from the entertainment side, which is like, movie franchises work this way, and us comic book Venom boys are like, but characters work this way in comics. (laughs) So it's, you know. I'm going to say, a Venom boy can be of any gender. We'll just throw that out there. You can be a Venom boy. It's spelled with a Z. It's any gender. B-O-Y-Z is any gender. It's like Latinx. It's like Venom boy. Yeah. <laughs> Meeting uh, everybody. <laughs> like, so I want to talk about the X-Men reshoots uh, briefly. And I also want to talk about the Flash costume if we have time. Uh, the hey, X-Men Brad. reshoots... I think show not only a confidence that the movies are worth releasing, but also show us that it's going to take some time for the Marvel acquisition to be full enough that these movies like we will get the new mutants film. We will get the dark Phoenix film. And I have been very critical of the Brian Singer X-Men universe on many shows. I think he makes very good mutant movies. I have not seen an X-Men movie yet. Mm. Uh, I would very much like to see an X-Men film. So X-Men two has to fight with you. Are you how quickly we forget Uh, X-Men two is fantastic. And it had a diet Coke berserker rage. That was great until we saw Logan. Uh, like, if you go back and rewatch X-Men they 2... They were necessary steps on the journey yeah. to take us here. Yes. That is 100% anyway, that's true. a, a discussion 100- for a different time. <laughs> that is 100% true, and at the time, 2002, that was the perfect X-Men film yeah. for the time, but it was still very much a he had to put in those... those. I thank yeah. him for the foundation he built, but we still haven't had an X-Men movie from that landing. Fair that enough. movie is fantastic, and it was a piece that we needed. X-Men 2 is wonderful, so Spider-Man 2, but they got us to where we are now, which is when you can have a big purple guy be asked about your father-in-law. Like, that's Don't the situation. Don't derail you. Keep I'm going. I'm just gonna cycle back to Phoenix. Uh, so I think that this is a really good opportunity to have a different vision with a guy that he is a first-time director. I'm very nervous about that, but he's also a man who's been with the X-Men from the beginning. Yeah. We've had a very, very hard fall from grace of the Phoenix Saga, and we have an entirely new team of X-Men trying to do the Phoenix Saga. So I, all caveats, literally this is a giant caveat, am very excited for Phoenix because I want to see what a new vision of the X-Men looks like. I want to see a team that feels like a team. I want to see a movie that isn't just focused on two X-Men. As much as I love Wolverine, yeah. I, he, he is, is everything. They were often Wolverine in the X-Men. 
X-Men movies. I'd really like to see Cyclops get to be Cyclops. I'd really like to see a relationship with Phoenix. I really want this movie to be a space opera. I'd love to see Storm Storm actually get to be a a, a queen. I want to see her power. More more Nightcrawler than just a one awesome opening scene. So all of these, like, these are X-Men. Like, when we've seen, this is kind of my example. Like, we've seen really good mutant movies. Yes. I have a lot of hope in Phoenix being a really good X-Men movie. Even if it's not a really good comic movie, I'd like it to be a really good X-Men movie. Because I want to see these characters get their time to shine before we lose them forever. Because no matter what, Marvel's not going to keep that cast. I want McAvoy and Fassbender to get their swan song, and how fitting that that's a Phoenix movie. Well said. Flash suit looks great. Flash suit! Uh, Like, the next season of Flash looks incredible. Season 5 trailer looked so much fun. I have a bias because one of my really good friends is one of the leads of season 5. We're going to have her on the show. She's amazing. Uh, Wait, one of the leads, who's she playing? Can you say? She's the daughter. Oh, I can't wait for that. She's like an an old school friend. We went to South Africa together. She was on a show, Black Sales, went to go visit her in Africa. Like, she's a good friend. We've now committed you to coming to the show. Thank you very much in advance. Sorry, Jess. Uh, Jess, you're fantastic. I have been, like, itching. To like when I watched because my because my buddy Keller my roommate Keller he got Avengers Infinity War on digital he couldn't wait for me to for October <laughs> to have it in the apartment. So just playing at your house, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. Why is it in two? Yeah, exactly. But he 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 got it, and um, watching that makes me want to start the MCU over from the beginning. Every time I watch yeah. Infinity War, I'm like, dude, I want to pop in Iron Man now and just do it. In IMAX now, you can. All of the hype for the next season of the Arrowverse has made me want to like start the Arrowverse over from the beginning. So I think I might this fall. I'm like, you know what? I'm just pop in the pilot for arrow and like and 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 just go and i know that it's a rough go in the beginning but then we get to those like you know beautiful mo- yeah I, man so i've only watched moments of flash i've not watched it. i've watched arrow and i've watched that but i've never seen all of flash yeah it's i good. i so i was hanging out with jess at comic-con because we get, she's in canada filming so i never get to see mm-hmm. her so at comic-con we hung out i got to meet the cast mm-hmm I am now watching Dude. every single episode Dude. because of that cast. Dude. They're the most amazing, yeah. smart, very charismatic. And like yeah. Grant Gustin Funny. with fans, yeah. I've never seen a single human being that cares more about fans than Grant Gustin. I've been around a lot of actors, I've been on a lot of sets. Grant Gustin will like go out of his way in any moment to make sure everyone gets their time to shine. And he made sure kids in flash costumes got photos. He stopped things. Like Grant Gustin, thank you for renewing my faith in actors, mankind, and superheroes. Like yeah. you, sir, are Flash. So I really just I, after I saw that happen, I was like, "Well, now I'm watching all yeah, of the Flash." So I just Flash. I'm on episode three. I'm going back through. Oh, nice. oh my god, you're gonna love it! I, nice. I'm so excited. Oh. So yeah, and uh, Jess will have on the show. That. Sorry, Jess, I couldn't. I, I love the Arrowverse, man. It's so great. And then you get to a point where there's a wedding and they fight Nazis, and you're like, "This is awesome." But that that suit, was, it, oh, so the suit, having not seen a lot of the show, yeah. I wanted to talk about the suit. The suit looks like what yeah. I think of the Silver Age. I think of like this perfectly uh, iconic piece of comic lore that's almost pulpy, and it and mm-hmm. with one image, we get more of the taste of a lot of what that show can be having mm-hmm. not watched it all than a lot of like official press stills on movies and that's a tv budget so i just wanted mm-hmm. to give credit to a tv budget making a flash comic look like a flash comic in 3d so it's incredible i love right. it speaking of comics it is time for the pull list let's do it uh this week we have our top five settled uh number one on this week is we have got batman 53 because i tom king's batman so good i want to dive back into it number yeah. two number two is extermination number one gotta show some love to the big x crossover leading us into the reboot of the uncanny x-men this fall and by reboot i just mean new issue number one not actual reboot. <laughs> <I hope. laughs> uh number three we have peter parker's spectacular spider-man number i believe 
believe it's uh, 308. Uh, and it is, yes, 308. And it is Sandman. It is Chris Pacello. It is a new arc with an incredible writer. I love Chip Zdarsky writing my boy, and I love Sandman. And when you write him right, that character is amazing. Can't wait to see this arc. Really excited for that one. Number four, we've got Batgirl 25 out today. Cool. It is an oversized issue with about 12 contributors. Um, they're previewing Margaret Scott's new run. Um, she is the writer of the Marvel Rising series, which uh, I need to make sure you're caught up yeah. on. Just started previewing this week. Uh, but she's also doing this next run of Batgirl. Uh, there's a backup story by Paul Dini in this oversized <gasps> annual issue. Yeah, cool. you wait, get wait. is Marvel Rising out? The cartoon show? The, the, uh, the series of shorts came out uh, yesterday, what? I think. What? Where am Mystery? I? Well, we don't always cover TV stuff. I we was do, excited, but I didn't know We do all these shows and I missed an, an entire drop of something. I got to go track that yeah. down. Marvel I'm really excited. I know what I'm doing today. I'm the, really the, excited. The shorts, I think. There's still okay. like a TV movie coming. The, okay. There's a and number like of different things for it. Um, or just a TV movie? I'm not 100%. Okay, 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 okay. But uh, do start watching. It immediately starts Gwen Stacy's Frame for Murder. Ooh. We'll see what's happening And number there. five. Um, and number five. Uh, the Indie Spotlight this week is a brand new book called Crowded Number One. Now, if this sounds familiar, it might be because this comes out today and has already been optioned. Rebel Wilson mm. uh, is uh, <laughs> attached to do a version of this new uh, indie comic. I read this last night. Uh, it's fantastic. It is about a world where uh, a hyper gig economy, uh, the two main characters, one has hired the other to save her from the crowdfunded assassination campaign Ooh. currently coming after her. Apparently like the that. alternate title for this was Crowdfund Dead. <laughs> um, I like that too. Uh, and it's it's like so we don't know why they're after her. Uh, neither does the person who's trying to protect her right now. Um, but they're going to have to sort of try to live with each other for the next thirty days until that campaign expires and see if they can keep her alive. Uh, wow! It's she's on the Defend app and the people coming after her are on the Reaper app and there's all this great like near future uh, sci-fi like in the background of it all. But it's also funny and it's got action and it's only one issue in. But I can understand why someone immediately bought the movie rights. So I think this is a great week in comics. Again, there's really good stuff from DC, from Marvel, from indie houses. Uh, every week we do this pull list, I go, there's so much stuff you can really dive in. And a lot of it's very user-friendly. Both that Batman and that Spider-Man are the beginnings of new arcs, so don't cool. let the numbers intimidate you. 53 can be a number one, and 308 can be a number one, because it is the same writer, but new arcs. So I'm really excited for that Sandman book, because I love that character. And Batman, I know Tom King's take on that character is very hard for some. A lot of people don't like Tom King's Batman. I think it is a, like a greatest hits it just feels like it. batman it's so zingy it's fun it's everything's concise the villains are used really well so I, I love that run i can't wait to see where it goes so check out those those two from me heck did you have a pick this week i uh is um brian michael bendis's pearl coming out yes today as yes, well it is. It's, which is really interesting he's at dc now and this is him and michael gatos that did mm-hmm. uh, uh alias jessica jones together mm, this is his first big indie thing at the house of dc so it's very interesting and it's it's good to see him get that support so I'm curious about that one. I'm probably going to check that out. Yeah. Pearl. Good Pearl is what it's called. Good Tattoo pick. artist, Yakuza assassins, Pearl. Sold. Yeah. All right, and it look it up. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I just haven't read it yet, so I didn't put it on the list. That's but okay. it's probably going to be amazing. <laughs> um, they did the Alias. Of course Yeah, they can't be, be bad. Like, I love that team so much. The mm-hmm. art and the op. Yeah. And we got Jessica Jones out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also have a Twitter question this week. We'll try to get to a couple of those yes. before we mosey along. Most of this is going to be about 3D technology. Twitter questions. 3D Hector questions. I hope so. <laughs> 
First of all, from Michael Sandoval, we have, if you were to launch a Justice League Dark Universe, what character would you start with first? And just for fun, who would you want to direct it? Appreciate all that you do. Cheers. Hashtag Glad Heroes. I don't know about the director, but I think my first instinct was like, well, it's got to be John Constantine. He's the most. And then I went, no, wait, no. What if we tried to use Constantine as more of a side character, a fringe character, a mm-hmm. character that kind of like comes and kind of messes things up, and it's real fun? And the main character, the entry point character, is Zatanna, who I think is <gasps> relatively normal. She, her father was a sorcerer slash magician. She is a sorcerer slash magician. She's like the DC equivalent of Scarlet Witch. She's the most, one of the most powerful sorcerers, if not the most, in the DC universe. And again, other than that, relatively like a normal character. She's not a swamp thing with an extensive backstory, a dead man, a, you know, all these other characters. Characters that have like really cool um, visual aspects to them, and they have very like over the top personalities sometimes. So I feel like Zatanna would be a great entry point character to 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 begin the Justice League Dark Justice League, mm-hmm. and then everybody else kind of comes in and they're like fun side characters. You do have the the a very natural way to sort of take that and make it an audience entry point. There was a recent three parter called Mystic You, which mm. told an alt, kind of an alternate universe like Zatanna thing, where but where it starts with like. You know, she's grown up as part of her dad's magic act, and then mm-hmm. one day she's mad and says a thing, and he disappears. And oh. it's like that's how she finds out that the she magic is real. Isn't that um, awesome? That'd be a beautiful like, visual in cinema. It'd be great. Yeah, it, 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 and then she goes off to magic school. It's a fun series. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, so that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you can one sentence Swamp Thing, you can one sentence Dan Ma- yes. Dead Man, but they are a lot to take in. I'm hoping that this is what they are doing on DC streaming with Swamp Thing. Mm, um, yeah. love that. Because that's you know that's where Constantine came from. That can lead you in a lot of interesting directions. Yeah. Um, you can eventually get to Etrigan. You can get to a lot of stuff. The other natural answer would be to dive deep into Sandman. But it's separate from Justice League Dark in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. And you have to sort of mm-hmm. decide where these supernatural characters fall. Corey, what do you think? I second and third uh, Zatanna. I, I think that the one thing they can really do is having an everyman character as your entry point, as your point of view, as your mm-hmm. POV, is something that they could use for this very weird story. Like Justice League Dark goes in crazy places. So you need to really love the character you're seeing the world through the eyes of. As I would want Swamp Thing, but it's really hard to identify with Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. That character even in comics is like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. So I think Zatanna's a really like, this is here, I identify, and then her friends are crazy. Yeah. So then you can kind of go along, and as long as Detective Monkey's in it, I'm cool. Yeah. Detective Monkey's the, yeah. the A-lister for me. That's uh, right. Uh, so I will say Abby Arcane works as a viewpoint character for Sandman. And mm-hmm. if you can't empathize with Swamp Thing, sorry, with Abby Arcane works as a viewpoint character for Swamp Thing. And if you can't empathize with him, someone is not doing their job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, it, but if he were the focal point, it would be the it would be Alec Holland or a human yeah. starting. And like so we can get to love that character. And then he turns into the Swamp Thing. And then if the movie's not about, well, he should cure himself. But all yeah. of a sudden a team comes in. It's like a weird... Yeah. Like to to shoehorn the origin and a team is like you know what don't do that give that to a, a Swamp Thing TV series the James Wan show or his own movie to have him come to terms with by the end of it like I'm the Swamp Thing and then we're okay with it and then the second movie would be a team. Yep, I'm sold. But I'm sold, um, I'm sold. I think it's Zatanna is the easiest sell. And I still have Keanu Reeves as Constantine, so it's hard for me to have that be the lead. <laughs> so I love that movie. Corey, I'm really curious. You picked this next one. Oh, I did. And I feel like you have an answer. So I thought I'd be curious for all of us because there's a lot of amazing characters in the Spider Verse. <laughs> But I asked, by way of they call me Cap, uh, if you could voice one Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse, who would it be, and what would you want your story to be? I received that question and went, oh, so I'll let you guys go first. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara. 
the only other Latino Spider-Man. Right? I think in the future, because Mexicans have thankfully just taken over the United States. Mexicans have finally taken over. The demographics are real. Uh, and so he's half Irish, half Mexican, right? That's Miguel O'Hara mm-hmm. is, the, is, is when he's living in New York in the year 2099. So, yeah, I'd want to voice him, and I'd want his story to just be the comic book story. I love Miguel O'Hara. I love Spidey 2099. I think he's cool. He's Batman Beyond, but Spidey. So. Right, and his suit's right. great, and he's got, like, yeah. the way he climbs cool. is awesome. He's very Different intense. Different powers. He, he's, he has that weird, the way that Terry McGinnis is like, shway. He has like his own weird his little weird future swears. lingo. Great, great. All that stuff's great. <laughs> Get fracked or whatever like yeah. the swear oh, word is. Yeah. Uh, so this ties into our, our later question, but I would definitely be Ben Riley because the mm. Scarlet Spider is an underappreciated piece of comic book legacy. Yeah. He is one of the most hated characters in history, and I think that he ties in beautifully to the concept of power and responsibility. The core of Spider-Man is wearing the weight of the world on your shoulders. What better way to show a man crack and lose his sense of reality then go am i even me ben riley literally represents the most interesting concept of taking responsibility too far and what is spider-man without that uncle ben notion and what level do you go beyond not knowing if you are in fact real ben riley's fascinating yeah i have a question for you my spider nerds has betty brant <laughs> yeah. ever been a spider person oh <sighs> I don't. I think just think no. So. I mean, they've, Spider they've had Island they've had kind Gwen, of everybody had, was, but like yeah, Betty hmm. Brant. Her brother is uh, God. I'm forgetting the guy's name. Something Allen. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of Liz Allen's brother as Molten Man. Right. And Betty, Betty Brant, Brant had a guy that was one of the goblins, and then she also married Hobgoblin. Right? Wasn't yeah, she married to Ned Leeds? Uh, yes. That's so right. she's. I think she's yes. dealt with villains so much that they didn't make her. And she had, a, she had a brother who was killed by Dr. Octopus or mm-hmm. something, and she blamed Spider Man when Peter was in high school. Yeah, the Silver so, Age she had to deal with yeah. loss. And then later on, she married Ned Leeds, who was like the Golden Age problem she was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it got to modern day, they were mm-hmm. like, we're sorry. Mm-hmm. Side note is that Ned our Ned from uh, the, the Ned who looks like Ganke? Oh, no, no, no. No, no. no okay. Yeah, Ganke's not going to go goblin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't see Ganke yeah. goblin happening. Ganke's going to be. Yeah, Ned is. Is going to be Genki, but um, uh, Ned Leeds, Hobgoblin? I don't know. I don't, so I, that's my spider. I'm going to be Betty Brandt, spider oh, nice. person. Because okay. the, the, the spirit of the Spider-Verse story is you take new yes. people ah, and you make new spiders. We're doing point. Edge of Spider-Geddon right now. That came <laughs> yeah, out today. Can we go? It's literally yeah. called Edge of Spider-Geddon, which means it is a tie-in series that will introduce you to new characters or reintroduce characters before a crossover called Spider-Geddon. Comics sound like a parody of themselves <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, so Spider-Punk is back today. Um, and Spider-Man in the Miles Morales verse, they had Genki go by Ned Leeds as an alias for a while. In the Spider-Verse, awesome. Genki was like, my name's Ned Leeds to throw a girl off his trail. Awesome. So the, the, the comics are aware. Alright, fair enough, fair enough. I love this next question. Uh, real quick, Michael McLinden asked, hashtag Collider Heroes, dream team writer-artist character combo on a run that does exist or you wish existed. That is such a question. Woo! I think this is going to have to be the sweaty question of the week. For yeah, and we'll, we'll hold two. Um, okay. Uh, that's real sweaty. team writer-artist character combo on a run that does exist or you wish existed. I'm on a Jim Lee kick right now because I just reread Batman Hush mm-hmm. last night. And it's For what interesting great. show that people might want to check out? Oh, uh, it's a show on Alpha. It's called <laughs> Alpha Comic Book Club, uh, which you can watch in conjunction with um, the Wednesday Club on Geek and Sundry. Right? And you're on that, we right, We talk Amy? about comics a lot. Boom. Um, 
But no, uh, Jim Lee's art in that is, I think that's the best of his whole career. It, I think it's absolutely gorgeous. I would love to have him doing a, I know he did Justice League, but I would love to have him do a big, bombastic Justice League run. And I would love Brian Michael Bendis to write it, because I also just re- reread some Bendis recently. And I love his, I've been reading his Iron Man stuff mm. uh, from when he took over with that a couple years ago and, and, and introduces Riri Williams. And, that's, and, and when he's like the handsome Dr. Doom shows up, like his Iron Man is like real fun and just real just a smooth read brian michael bendis is always just a real smooth clean accessible read and i would love for him to to um to do the big uh justice league characters and have jim lee just draw super good looking people <laughs> of the justice league sure go ahead i've one? got two Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> They'll be quick. Kevin Smith and Mark Bagley. Kevin Smith's writing is oh, so fun yeah. and energetic and oh, frenetic. Yeah. Mark Bagley draws like fluid animation, and his his work is so lively and bright. Kevin Smith's words with Mark Bagley art would change the game. I can't imagine uh, either Flash yeah. or Spider Man by way of that Ultimate Spider Man brand, like a young Spider Man, but very like lively and energetic. So an energetic young Spider Man or Flash with that team, I think would be incredible. Awesome. Uh, and then my number two would be Brian Michael Bendis and Mike Hawthorne. Uh, Mike Hawthorne is on uh, Deadpool for a long time. He mm-hmm. he started doing the smile under the mask, like mm-hmm. making that really popular. He uh, emphasized a lot of the Deadpool hijinks. I think Mike Hawthorne would be a really good take on, and this is this is strange, but I think a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. Mm. Uh, I think seeing Kyle Rayner come back by way of an artist that draws really fun and lively yeah. characters. So seeing Kyle Rayner, he's an artist. I would love to see an artist being drawn by a cartoonist. I don't even know what that book would feel like, but it'd be exciting. And then Brian That's Michael Bendis, cool. he brings a reality to characters that I think one of the reasons Kyle Rayner didn't work is because when he was introduced in the nineties, everything was extreme. Like you added pouches and things to things. So Bendis making it more real, more grounded, bringing in a classic villain that he creates very well, bringing in the art that was a cartoon. So the characters are cartoony and lively, but grounded in reality. Kyle Rayner. I like that. Amy? Okay. Uh, You said does exist or could existed. Mm -hmm. So could or could wish existed. There we go. So that's my justification for this. Uh, I want the alternate universe where G. Willow Wilson and Jack Kirby do a book together. Oh, that would be awesome. She has an amazing mind. She has incredible classic superhero chops uh, and obviously got into the business after this was possible to make happen. But I would literally, like, they would do an amazing Inhumans run together. Yeah. Uh, He would be so into that. Yeah. It would be like... Kirby uh, would love that. I would pay so much money to see what that would be like. Um, But then I'll just say, I hope she gets a chance to work with Bill Quiz-Evely, who is one of my new favorites, who is currently tied up. But Willow Wilson is coming over to Wonder Woman, where Bill Quiz-Evely did some fill-ins last year, which were amazing. Um, Bill Quiz is on one of the new Vertigo books. Everybody's busy, but that's my answer. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much, guys. It was a great week. Great news. Thank you so much for joining us, Hector. You guys are the best. Thank you Where so can much. they find you online? Uh, I'm on the internet, at Hector is Funny, and uh, just, just follow me on there, and I tweet about stuff. Comics. We love comics. Yeah. And Hector yeah. loves 3D. Yes. So until, <laughs> until next week, all, stay sweaty. Orangutans. They're beautiful, playful, and majestic, and disappearing. Every day, as many as 20 orangutans vanish. They starve to death when their homes are destroyed or are killed when they stray into villages in search of food. International Animal Rescue is fighting for the survival of the critically endangered orangutan. But we can't do it without you. Please visit internationalanimalrescue.org and help us save orangutans before it's too late. That's internationalanimalrescue.org.